everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and sitting to my left, James Odell, Alpha Spectre. Right across the table from him, Travis Herman, Dr. T. Neal. Guys, you can go ahead and like uh, Sort of My Brand or our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook right now if you're so inclined. Uh, follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Store of My Brand page on YouTube. We're always uploading new stuff there, and uh, original programming is coming back eventually. Uh, you're listening to this somewhere, whether it's SoundCloud or iTunes. While you're there, why not rate, review, and comment? If you hear anything in this podcast that you want to respond to, comment on, you know, maybe we eventually add a segment where we read your comments or uh, answer your questions. Whatever. If you would comment. If you would comment. I'm looking at all three of you. This is where we put our comment reading section. If we had one. If we had one. Uh, and you can also find all of our personal uh, social media shit down down below. So, all right, guys. Okay, this is a weird week for me uh, as, as a comic book fan because I, I was suspended from work. We're not going to get into all that. But this led to me not getting a paycheck for one week. And uh, so I couldn't buy comics. I didn't know what to do. I started. I brought cereal boxes to work. It just wasn't <laughs> back to the cereal. That like, started like, like leaning over people's shoulder, reading their paperwork. Oh man, you great issue. I've offered you so many things to read. You don't have any comics. <laughs> They're all wet now. Actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll get back. We'll get back to that because <laughs> there was one thing that happened this week, and uh, it kind of like it kind of plays into this whole like couldn't afford comics, so it's probably gonna be a while before I can afford this. But I found out on uh, Fat Man on Batman that they're releasing an extended cut of Superman the movie. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So right. apparently, in 1982, a few years after the movie had released in theaters. They wanted to put it on TV, but it was too long for one night, so they wanted to like cut it up and air it two nights in a row, like first part and second part. But it wasn't long enough to do that with, so they added forty extra minutes to the uh, to the movie. They like they went to Warner Brothers. Another half of yeah. the movie. They yeah, Damn. they could have heavily cut the shit down and just fucked up the movie and then throw it out on one night. But they went to Warner Brothers. They're like, hey, do you have anything for us to pad it out? And there are scenes with Superman running this whole gauntlet in Lex Luthor's lair. There are all these like extra Smallville scenes. There are all these extra Lex Luthor scenes. There's a ton of Marlon Brando stuff that was cut out. So, yeah, it's it's apparently the one to see. And I've never heard of it Superman before. Superman Cream Dream. You have right no idea how excited I got. Dude, like, I was in my car, like, driving to work. And I was like, fuck yes! Oh, God, I can't wait to see this! <laughs> um, it's getting released on Blu-ray. Uh, I can't remember exactly what day. Uh, October 3rd. October 3rd. And, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get it right away. But it's less than 20 bucks, And it comes with the Richard Donner director's cut. Of the movie as well and i love this type of stuff that's why i've got these these discs travis you were asking me about these earlier i have the four disc special edition of superman the movie that has <laughs> the original 1978 theatrical movie and the 2000 expanded uh, edition uh i've got the blade runner four disc collector's edition which has uh, i think like two uh, three or four different 
versions of the movie. Oh, man. And my Godzilla collection has the original Japanese and, and this. I'm always on the lookout for this stuff. Thank so. you, Superman's on the uh, not-so-special that... side now, though. <laughs> Where'd you get that Godzilla? <laughs> I got that Godzilla at Walmart. That's, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great little case. But anyways, yeah, I, I'm, I eat the shit up. And if anything, it's just it's it's more... Of an awesome movie. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you, know, you look back at it on oh, the effects are a little cheesy, but you gotta understand it was 1977. Uh, so, or if you don't take into consideration yeah. times when all these older movies were made, yeah. what they had to work with, like people comparing the new Star Wars to the original trilogy yeah, and right. all that, like, it's, well, it looks so cool. Yeah, it was the fucking 70s. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I got really excited about that i i cannot wait till that comes out so you get you've had some comics turmoil yourself yeah i uh god the other day but i was getting ready to leave for work and i'm like you know it's gonna be a slow day let me walk in grab a couple comics grab a trade or something take to work with me i have my own comic room at our apartment well, in one of mine and Vin's cleaning endeavors in that room, we had sorted a bunch of comics and made piles on, I have a little table, I have a, a plastic drawer set, another little table. Well, this plastic drawer set that had mostly Nightwing stacks on it was underneath my air conditioner unit. Like, it's one of those big 220 wall units. It started <laughs> leaking inside, and I didn't know it. And it leaked oh, all over a bunch of these comics. Like, uh, one comic that's just fucked is the <laughs> Harley Quinn free comic book day one from last year or the year before. Some others, like some of my Nightwing ones that weren't bagged and boarded are... Oh, man. Yeah, like there were some in, in these stacks that didn't have bags and boards. The ones that had bags and boards were mostly okay. There were a few that still got moisture inside because they were on, like, the bottom of the stack. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was going to be a bigger loss than it was. And it going through them, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. But I still was worried all day at work. I'm like, God, how many comics did I lose? How much of this room? Yeah, and I was even... This was a large portion I was of trying to. Uh, I was trying to silver line it for you. I was like, yeah, but the ultimate point of having them is, like, Reading them, and they'll still be legible when they try out, so you'll <laughs> still be able to read them. And yeah, they, yeah, I could get a couple of boards and press the comics between them to flatten them back out real yeah. good, whatever. But you know, it was kind of disheartening, so I pulled the drawer set away from the wall so that it can't get dripped on anymore, moved the comics off of it, and now Vin and I have a plan to overhaul this room over the next couple of I've got weekends. A, I've got a four phase plan. <laughs> Everything's in phases these days. Uh, actually, Travis, uh, you you've had kind of the opposite uh, experience with comics uh, recently because you just started your your first pull. No, I think I actually did start one that I never came back to. Oh touch. wait, the one at Dungeon. Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. Dungeon was with Evil Dead too. But uh, yeah, I I recently went and uh, started Ash vs. Army of Darkness. Yeah, the the new series. It's a uh, it's dynamite, right? Yeah, I had no yeah. idea. I didn't even get to read any of Evil Dead Two except uh, Evil Dead Two: Revenge of Hitler, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I got that one. I'm gonna have to read it. Haven't read yeah, it I think still. I bought that one. Where I was like, I I cannot. So, uh, like, let this where are you go. pulling your comic books at? Uh, what's the name? 
It's the inner geek. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't go there. Drag him up to Ashland. So. But yeah, uh, so that's a good choice. You'll be there at least once a month. Man. Yeah, the inner geek was pretty good, man. Well, we're gonna hear more about those books here in a little bit because uh, you're gonna be talking about them yeah. and stuff. But guys, we got a beefy episode for you. We're, we're already ten minutes in. Our moment of banter was beefy. Uh, I was gonna talk about Star Trek Discovery and the Orville because uh, I went ahead and watched those. Actually, I haven't seen episode four of the Orville yet. I is that the one for. with Seth MacFarlane? Yeah, that's, Dude, that's the. Oh, it's it's. Well, we don't have time. My Hulu account was gone. Really? Like. I couldn't recover it at all. Huh. I had to start a new one. That's but it, it was cheaper to start a new one than to keep my home going. Well, all right. We've got so much show to get to here. And, of course, the first thing we always like to talk about is the the source material for our fandom. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have these, these epic Marvel movies and uh, all these TV shows and shit if it wasn't for comic books. Odal, I think you took us out last time, right? Uh, it was either me or you, because it was just me. And yeah, you. yeah. Wasn't uh, <laughs> me. I think I'm gonna go ahead and start us off this time, <laughs> guys. There were a, a variety of different things. One, one issue in particular, I was gonna talk about on here, but I, I think I'm gonna save it, maybe for November. Uh, I'm not not real sure. Maybe I'll save it for the anniversary of the character. But I read a very important book recently, and uh, I'm not gonna tell you about it right now. <laughs> what I am gonna tell you about. Is uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 32 and Batman the Red Death uh, a tie-in to the Dark Knight's Metal that is happening right now. Both of these, very reminiscent of properties from each individual company that, that they no longer produce books for. Uh, and, and I'll get into why and what uh, in a moment. Well, let's start with Spider-Man first. Uh, this is a story focused around Norman Osborn, actually, and it is titled Personal Demon. Uh, in this story, Norman's trying to find a way to reactivate this, the goblin serum in his system that's uh, being blocked by nanites that Spider-Man had injected him with. And this journey actually takes him to the temple with no name. Which, if, you know, if you're comic savvy enough, you'll know from the Doctor Strange comics. So he goes uh, to the temple with no name to learn the mystic arts. And uh, eventually, after successfully training, showing much promise and, and uh, learning everything that he would need to know, uh, his totem spirit animal appears to him in the form of a Bengal tiger. So they, they, uh, the monks tell him that he's finally ready. Uh, the masters, sorry, not the monks. The masters tell him he's finally ready. It's time to go embrace your totem, and uh, he denies it. He he refuses to accept it as his totem, and instead pulls a goblin mask from the wall and embraces that instead. Then, using the mystic arts, he summons Spider-Man, and the two have a knockdown, dragout fight. You know, mostly with Norman Osborn coming out on top. And then we find out that this was all just a, a vision of his test with the uh, Emerald Oracle of Icon. So none of this, like, all the stuff leading up to him getting to the temple, because they test you when you get to the temple to see if you're worthy. And that all happened. But everything afterwards was kind of a what if. So we got... 
kind of an impromptu what if issue here. Now it does have a, a little bit of a cliffhanger ending that uh, I'm sure will come up in later issues or something. But yeah, it was it was uh, huh. really interesting in the way you get to see, uh, you know, a, not a sorcerer supreme per se, but a, you know, a sorcerer version of the Green Goblin fighting mm. Spider-Man. Uh, you know, what if Green Goblin trained with, you know, <laughs> what if Green Goblin became the, the masters supreme, of, the masters of the Temple of No Name. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool little issue there. Uh, and it's kind of just a, a filler issue. You know, this I think this is the issue between uh, the last arc and nice. the the new arc that's coming up that's with uh, the renumbering. Yeah. Yeah. So. It makes sense. For a filler issue, pretty cool. Why can't they just call it a what if? Why can't right. they bring back what if? Right. Those are awesome. <laughs> they did, didn't they do a, the most recent one I could think of? It's probably a little older than uh, what I'm thinking, but uh, what if uh, Venom had possessed their, uh, Deadpool? Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's fairly old. That's like early to mid 2000s. Yeah, oh. uh, the most recent one I had read uh, were all. In, uh, surrounded around the Infinity Gauntlet, there were like four, five, maybe six issues or something. I have, I think I have like two or three of them, uh, and it was called "What If Infinity," and then like each one highlighted a different situation that was happening during the Infinity Gauntlet. They're still awesome, man. There was even a like just before that, there was a "What If Age of Ultron" series, like it was yeah, like so yeah, many issues I remember that. Shit. But yeah, like I don't know why they. Don't just bring it back. Well, I think there were one of Secret Invasion issues too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, so I mean, it's it's not been that long. I mean, it's been probably close to a decade. Yeah. But I mean, just bring it back. I refuse yeah, to accept yeah, that yeah. there's not material for it. I mean, there's that one meme that goes around. Uh, what if Charles or Xavier became the Ghost Rider? And it's it's just a joke, but. Fuck, do I want to read right. that issue? <laughs> All right, anyways, you know, like, like I said, we've got so much show to get to. Uh, and the next part of that show is me talking about Batman the Red Death. Guys, this is such, such a cool issue. Uh, we open to, to a little narration from the Batman who laughs and immediately get into Barry Allen running and pleading with a Batman who is wielding all of the weapons of the rogues, like Mirror Masters weapons, Golden Gliders, uh, Leonard Snart, all of it's there. And uh, he's pleading with him to, like, you know, like, stop this. We need to focus on what's happening to the world, which hasn't actually doesn't get explained at this issue. <laughs> I'm hoping it'll, like, come full circle somewhere. But anyways... Batman is trying to harness the Speed Force. He wants the Speed Force for himself because at some point, again, something not explained yet, hopefully will be, uh, he has lost his entire family. Like We're talking Dick, Jason, uh, Damien, they're, they're all dead. Damn. Somehow or another, he... What the fuck? He failed to keep them safe. So now he wants the Speed Force, and Barry's telling him, "No, your plans for the Speed Force lead you down a dark path. You can't, you can't rewrite history. You can't turn back the clock." Is the exact quote right here in that panel. He ends up getting the upper hand on Batman, but then turns out, you know, it's Batman. So he's like, you know, 
your compassion is your greatest weakness, and he knocks out Barry Allen. Only to have him wake up strapped to a Batmobile that has harnessed that has been outfitted with the powers of the cosmic treadmill. So we got just gonna drive it into the speedboard. So Batman, right? yeah, Batman has <clears throat> stru- chained Barry Allen to this cosmic treadmill Batmobile. But but they're on a road where they're going. They, they don't, don't need, need roads. roads. Wow. Oh shit. man, and I just noticed the little engine in the middle is uh, reminiscent of uh, the '89 Batmobile. Anyways, <laughs> not important. <laughs> but uh, so he he's using this to harness the powers of the Speed Force, eventually causing them to disintegrate. And it doesn't say it doesn't give us like uh, like so many months later or whatever, but we can see that. Gotham City is being overrun by what looked like the mutants from the Dark Knight. Uh, scarecrows running around uh, and almost kills his family. When out of nowhere, Batman the Red Death, the Speed Force version of Batman, rips him in half. Comes out of nowhere, rips Scarecrow in half. Okay, that's, that is a... Bitch of Batson. Oh my god, it's so cool. And this this whole oh, one one page thing mm-hmm. says, My name is Bruce Wayne, and then you see a little like faded red box that says, No, Bruce, I am vengeance. Stop. I am justice. Don't, Don't. I am Batman the Red Death, please. Yeah. Uh so now we have this dual identity version of a speedster Batman. Shit. So cool. Uh, definitely not afraid to, to kill a motherfucker. And here's the best thing. Uh, instead of lightning, like the, the speed force energy streaks oh. that the other ones have, it's bats. Oh my god, it's, yes. It's bats, black bats with red outlines. Uh, oh. so fucking cool. Right. And we can also see that the, not only is it internally dual identity, but externally too because at one point his face like starts forming to Barry Allen. Barry Allen's trying to talk and... And then it goes back to Bruce. He realizes, though, that he's too late. And that the world is going to be torn apart. It's, it's ending. He can't save it. When the Batman who laughs offers him another chance of redemption. To join him in the new multiverse. A multiverse that isn't set to be doomed. Because apparently all of these dark multiverse worlds are doomed like they they're all going to be destroyed no matter what and we we pick up with uh central city where batman the red death makes his appearance in front of iris west and wally west and uh you'll have to read the rest of the issue to find out what happens next uh that his little run-in with fate and that's all (laughs) i'm gonna give you on that one yeah this was a really cool first uh, side issue. There, there are so many more of these that are coming out. Batman the Murder Machine, Bat- the Batman Who Laughs. It's like I think there are like maybe six in total, maybe more. But awesome. See, awesome leading. Now, when, when Dark Knights comes out, I'm really hoping, or like when, when they put out the collected version of this, 
I hope that they include all these like one-off tie-ins, not like the side stories in like. I'm sure there'll be others, um, but I hope these get included in like a nice fat collected. Edition. Yeah, I'm sure eventually there'll be like an entirety like thing, a definitive edition or something. But this was a but the thing that stood out to me about this that is another property that they don't use in DC anymore, really. Elseworlds. Yeah. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of Elseworlds, uh, except for how the end, like, immediately ties into the actual main, main universe continuity. But, like, all that other stuff, before that happens, before the end of the book, is just a Batman with the Speed Force who's evil on a different universe. <laughs> yeah. That's Elseworlds quality right there. So, great books. I can't suggest them enough. Especially the, any Dark Knights metal book. So far. Uh, so, Trav, why don't you go ahead and uh, and head us up next? Um, I think I talked about the uh, the Army of Darkness ones earlier, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we offhandedly mentioned them. Uh, yeah, I can't remember uh, the exact titles. I don't think they have separate titles. Just Ash versus Army of Darkness. One, two, and, uh, three. I'm assuming I, I may have to read a couple other issues that lead up to this. As soon as the comic book starts... Ashley Williams is a teacher at a high school. Whoa. Yeah, he has his metal hand, what? which is, uh, so it's after the movie on Me Darkness, so he yeah. has the metal hand from the Renaissance. So he's, he's, yeah, that's all it gives you at first. He's a teacher. Eventually, uh, you know, he's teaching a history class, because he's been throughout history. It's like a little nod, you know? Yeah. But he ends up talking to, I think, like a, a supervisor, or a superintendent, and then that's when you find out why he's there. He's, a uh, <clears throat> supposed to be there for a uh, possible like evil outbreak happening and so he's like he's being straightforward with all the kids like who read for the Necronomicon and he's not like being you know not trying to be sly about it at all classic like he just like drops it yeah, on like, the fuck did it right yeah he's like best way to you know fight this thing is to head on so and at the same time while he's at this high school uh, trying to figure out uh, if there's an Necronomicon there, what's happening? You see these, like, uh, a couple panels of people in, like, uh, a military room, and they're like, TPO uh, is there, and it's the promised one. He's the promised one <laughs> from the Necronomicon. Then it go, you know, in between, uh, going back between uh, Ash's story, you'll see uh, these people in this military room talking about TPO and everything. It goes back to Ash at the high school, and out of the science lab, a ton of uh, frogs, you know, from, uh, you know, dissecting, come jumping out. And uh, he knocks all them off him or whatever. But a freaking giant frog comes out and has a huge tongue and whips him up and oh, tries yeah. to eat one of the kids from it's his like classroom. like a Jedi-type frog. Yeah, it's, it's possessed by the Necronomicon. Yeah. It can do a lot of different things. Uh, uh, mainly, you know, he can take possession of a... In the show, it takes uh, over his car. His car yeah, becomes... Yeah, that's right, yep. Uh, really cool uh, kind of, you know, dead-eyed, I guess. But yeah, he gets attacked by a giant frog. Uh, he slays that, and uh, it's over, It's like overnight. It's almost daytime, like, while they're there fighting that frog, and all these uh, kids are going to be coming to school here in, like, one hour. You know, so uh, the military team ends up crashing in the school building. They're like, we know what's been going on. We've been tracking it. And apparently... This military team is called SMART, S-M-A-R-T, like S-MART. Yeah. And uh, it's a military team called SMART, 
and it tracks all the way back to where he went to the Renaissance in uh, Army of Darkness. Oh my god! And they've been training people to fight like Ash. With the whole from the fourteen like, hundreds. With the whole like jab, the scene kick. Yeah, yeah and, and and they do that, and then it's so fucking you. All the other shit is useless. Yeah. Except for the last move. And it's, oh yeah. It shows in a bunch of panels how they're like, they're like progressing over the, uh, like, decades and everything. And like, there's the 1400s of them, uh, you know, it's kind of like Renaissance or whatever. Yeah. And then it moves closer to like, uh, like Civil War times are coming out of like helicopters and stuff with like chainsaws and all kinds of stuff. You so mean like World War? Because they wouldn't well, have had yeah, that shit in the Civil War. Well, I mean, they... During they Captain have... America Civil War times. It, it, I mean, it like covers like a lot of... Uh, I can't remember what the other uh, like eras were, but it shows a bunch of them. And it's, they've been like trying to find the promised one ever since 1400s. Yeah. And uh, now they finally found him out of high school. And uh, that's about where I left off. That's, oh, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's it's, pretty pretty cool. So yeah, that's pretty rad. Uh, I don't know if there's any material before that really to read. Not not so far that would be necessary, other than that's watching a, the movies. A lot of the, um, I think there was a span there where like each time they made a new book, like Ash versus Xena or uh, Army of Darkness, like Christmas. It comes like yeah, yeah, comes yeah straight like, out of Army of Darkness. Yeah, they uh, but they were going in like sequence and stuff. But there, there have been so many different Evil Dead and Ash yeah. titles that are just, like, kind of their own thing. Like, they use the movies as a basis, yeah. as a jumping-off point, but they, they rarely ever really cross over, it seems. Yeah, same with the uh, video games. I've seen a couple of them mention other ones. Like, at one point in the regular Army of Darkness uh, comics, Ash disappears at the end of one of the comics. But... That's because it becomes Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies, and then <laughs> yeah. and the next issue yeah, of Army see, of Darkness, I mean, yeah, yeah and the next issue of Army of Darkness, he comes out of a world, you know, from and we know if you've read Army of Darkness. Oh my God, is Marvel that where Zombies. they got it from with that Flash Supergirl crossover? Because in the episode of the Flash, he he like is testing out new speeds, and he disappears in a little flash of blue. It comes out of a little flash of blue, and he, he's like, he makes like a little blurb about it, but you don't really know where the hell he went. And then, and then it turns out, like like a month later, like they they air the Supergirl crossover episode on Su- which was a Su- Supergirl episode, and that's when we find out where he went. Dude, that whole time, <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Oh, you love it when you know that stuff's gotta tie around. I bet people who were reading like Army of Darkness, you know, they're like, "Oh, where the hell did he go?" And then they, you know, see Marvel Zombies on the shelf with right. Ash on the cover. And fuck, they did the same thing <clears throat> of fucking Harley Quinn. Because <laughs> Harley Quinn and Power Girl end up getting sucked into this portal when they come out. Like Harley Quinn or uh, Power Girl's in a wedding dress, and Harley Quinn's got this like weird thing going on, and like. They make a reference to it, and then they just get back to what they're doing. And then they released a series called Power Girl Harley Quinn, where they show what happened in between that time. Uh, anyways, all right. So little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're getting a little sidetracked here. I got one so. more book, uh, and it's a one-shot, basically, uh, other than... Okay, it's a one-shot called Spider-Man and Batman. And yeah. then the second one is uh, called Batman and Spider-Man. So I guess, you know, that sets him apart, but uh, 
they they reference it in the second one, but the first one, Spider Man and Batman, it was uh you know released by Marvel Comics and and DC Comics working together on this. It starts off with Peter Parker having a dream about uh, Ben getting shot, and when like he in his dream he's Spider Man. He goes and he's chasing the killer, and uh, when he finally you know catches the perp, it shows like a little close up of his mouth. And he's white skin, and he's got a big smile. <clears throat> and then it goes to uh, it goes to Bruce Wayne having a dream. He's having the same kind of dream about uh, his parents getting shot in the alley. He uh, I guess he's he's Batman off to the side, seeing his parents get shot, while he can also see himself as a kid or whatever. <laughs> but he chases the purpose, Batman. Well, yeah, you know? well that works on a, a certain level because Batman kind of has a little bit of a duality personality. Oh, he's, right. He Bruce. mostly sees himself as Batman. Like, he's not necessarily Bruce Wayne. Like, he's not, like, delusional. Like, he knows he's Bruce Wayne, but he's, he's like... He's got a grip if on he, it. Yeah, if he is anything, he is Batman. And so, I, I think that's why so many times when you, when you see him during these flashbacks and stuff, he is Batman off to the side looking at Bruce Wayne's tragedy. Because that's what created Batman. Concept there. I didn't think about that. That's actually the first time I thought about it is, you know, you can see little Bruce Wayne and him off to the side. Bruce is having the same kind of dream, and he uh, he chases down the guy who shot his parents, and he catches up to him, and it shows, like, a couple uh, couple closer images of the guy's face, and his teeth turn red, and then they get real big and black and red. Then he wakes up, just like Peter Parker woke up as soon as they catch the perp, and <clears throat> they both, after waking up, they just go out on a night of, like, like, I gotta get this out of my system. I gotta go patrol, you know? Yeah. You gotta do something right now. So, it turns out, uh, when Peter Parker left after having that dream, he went to a uh, lab in Gotham. I think that's uh, Ravencroft Institute is where they're at. That's what it's called. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's a Spider-Man <clears throat> thing. Uh, and her name is uh, yes. Ashley Kafka, is the scientist he's working with. And they have, uh, what's his name, Cletus Cassidy? Yeah. He's, uh, he's all... Restrained in this uh, like orb kind of like a uh, you know cell, it's got him jailed in there, and they've got him contained. But this other woman walks in and says she can she can cure him, she can cure his insanity and all that. And at the same time, uh, Cletus Cassidy busts straight out of the glass and he becomes carnage, full blown. You know he's like, oh, you know I was just letting you guys contain me. So Spider Man has to you know lay the beat down and they shoot him with some uh, special guns that they have to take him down. But, Special carnage guns. Yeah, some carnage guns. No, uh, actually called microwave guns. Oh yeah. So he's uh he's sedated again, and uh, they're gonna perform the uh the procedure to you know cure his insanity. And he's uh you know he's down. Everybody's down it. Then it cuts to Batman. He's he's chasing the Joker in Gotham, and uh, eventually oh he eventually he catches a uh, Joker, and he gets sent to uh yeah he gets sent to Arkham Asylum. And that, that scientist shows up there, too. She's like, I can cure his insanity. And uh, so she starts leading this uh, campaign with uh, the Joker and Cletus Cassidy together, tamed. Like, she cured them both. And she's, like, having press conferences in front of people and everything. So then uh, after one of the press conferences, they get in the car, and uh, Cletus Cassidy goes full carnage right out of nowhere after he's been tamed for, like, weeks almost I guess like before they had the press conference and 
uh, Joker, he's still he's really cured. He's actually cured. But Carnage captures Joker and takes off with him. <laughs> and it's I guess his idea is to uh, work together. He's wanted to work together with uh, the Joker for a long time. And so they start talking, and uh, uh, Carnage puts his like puts like a little bit of symbiote into his nose, and it goes into like the chip that cured him, and it he, he blows it up, and so Joker's normal again. And as soon as he starts acting sane again, they don't get along. Like, oh, well, I guess starts acting insane. <laughs> I just realized I said that. He's a little confused. Uh, but as soon as you know Joker starts you know being his regular old self again. Him and Carnage don't get along at all. Uh, the Joker is all about the show, the show of it, and yeah. Carnage is about you know like killing as many people as possible. Is like basically how he's saying it. He's like, why don't we just take out this entire world, you know, as soon as we want? And uh, you know, Joker's like, there's more, you know, theater to it. So you know, they end up getting into a big fight. Um, you end up seeing, uh, how's it go? You end up seeing Batman and Spider Man. Like on a rooftop, and they agree to start working together, and they end up at a where the Joker and Carnage uh, are at, because they they heard about the press conference and all that, and uh, Joker and Carnage are fighting at the same time as Batman and Spider Man get there, and they they all end up fighting each other. You know? <laughs> well, no, I guess uh, oh Batman starts fighting Carnage, and Spider Man starts fighting Joker, and it seems like they're you know, their traits are and uh, abilities are, like, what's perfect to take them down in these moments for some reason. Like, Spider-Man gets Joker easily, and Batman, uh, you know, predicts Carnage easily for some yeah. reason. And I think it has to do with the dreams that they're having at the beginning. Like, they, they know this guy. Like, they've thought of him for years. Because they were both seeing, in Peter Parker's dream, he was seeing the Joker as the one who shot Uncle Ben. And Batman saw, you know, Cletus Cassidy is when he shot his family. There's not, there's not really a surprise ending to it all. <laughs> I, I'd say, um, I won't, I won't tell the rest of it really. But uh, at one point, when they, uh, they go their Batman and Spider Man go their separate ways, they don't talk. It's a big awkward moment, and all they do is uh, end up shaking hands and leaving. Yeah, well, I, I think the thing I love the most about this is that it doesn't, um, it doesn't treat it like it's. Like two universes colliding, it's right. kind of an it's kind of another Elseworlds situation. Like it's this, like they're in yeah. the same town. Yeah, almost. it just so <laughs> happens that this is a universe it's, where Batman and Spider Man both coexist. It's an Elseworld yeah. meets What If. Yes. Oh my God. That's how cool would like, that be? The fuck. Like, right. come on, guys. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's a good book. I can't wait to uh, take talk about the second one because. Uh, Yes, you're, uh, you're, yeah, you're ready to go on that the one. The first too. one's called, uh, what is it? Disordered Minds. And the second one, uh, you're going to see some uh, Fisk and Ra's al Ghul. No, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, Odal. Let's see what so, you got. Uh, continuing with my whole something old, something new. I unfortunately don't have anything borrowed that I've read. Up until now, you got a ton of shit, man. Like, Dude, I have like seven different graphic novels that I've borrowed from Bob <laughs> to try to get through right now. Yeah. Kingdom Come is next on my borrowed list. Oh yeah, get to that. I actually have that one. <laughs> I've never read it. Oh yeah, yeah. Long get time. to that one. Man. That's gonna be finish my, reading my Watchmen for next time. Finish reading Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, 
Trav and then then go on to Kingdom Come. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hit it up. So my my something old. It's okay. It's not that old. It's like yeah, it's 90s, I'd say early nineties. Right? Yeah, well, no, late nineties. Ninety seven. Oh yeah. So okay. it's it's called Flash Plus. Uh, and as far as I can tell, this was the only Flash Plus that was made. So, yeah, no, they did a bunch of, they had like a Robin Plus, uh, which had Impulse in it. Um, that's the only one I've ever seen, but I know there are more out there. But this, it's Flash Plus Nightwing. And th- there's a story behind me getting this comic or, or searching for it. I saw a, a meme of all things. Where Nightwing once beat the Flash out of a maze. Yeah. I'm like, I've got to find this fucking comic. <laughs> like, I have to find this. Oh, and I finally it. found it in a dollar bin. And it made my fucking day. And I've had it for about a year now. And I finally got around to reading it. <laughs> it was, it's actually a lot of fun. So, the it's Wally West Flash. Not... Okay. Uh, not Barry Allen. Is Barry it's, Barry's dead at this time? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So Wally, it's Ginger Wally, is the Flash. Yeah. The original Wally was. Yeah. So every year, Wally and Dick go on a vacation. Wally, when it's his turn to decide where to go, he never does. So Dick makes plans and schedules the or makes the vacation happen and all that. Plans everything out. You know. Batman's it basically. So basically, their vacation this year is to go to New Orleans to see the doorway to Nightmare. Now, what this is, like what this whole place is, it's okay. You guys have heard the story about the house that the when the guy was alive, he just kept building onto and building onto. So you're talking about it's the supposed wind- to be like the it haunted wasn't house. the guy, it was the wife. Yeah, the yeah, wife. The uh, Winchester. House. Winchester. Yeah. You know, she just kept building off of those stairways that lead to nowhere. Doors you open, it's just a wall. Yeah. Like some it's basically that house in this comic. So th- they get to this place and an alarm starts going off and they find these weirdly dressed chicks trying to get out of a labyrinth, which is like the courtyard to this house. Or not so much courtyard, but like it's part of this house's property. The, there's a, a fountain spinning blood, and they go to to figure that out. Dick checks out the fountain, goes to like sniff the water. He's like, "Doesn't smell like blood. What's it taste like?" And Wally's like, "No, don't what." And and it's, it's just clay. It's clay deposits from where the house has been sitting for so long. So, of course, Dick goes to escort the the ladies out of the maze, and he's like, you know, follow me, and Wally's like, well, I'll get out of here quicker than you can, and just keeps getting turned around and turned around, and oh, it keeps ending up at the fountain that's at the middle. So, eventually, he just gets sick of getting twists turned around and he just starts phasing through the walls making holes in the labyrinth it, it's a it's a hedge maze is what it right. is that's kind of what i imagined for some reason all yeah. right it's <laughs> it's actually called the hedge maze of the unknown but when wally finally makes it out bruce or not bruce but dick is standing outside he's like uh 
Wally says that he was scouting the place. That's what took him so long. He's And Dick's like, good idea. Comes in handy next time you get lost in there. <laughs> so, of course, like they, they're giving each other shit because they're, they've been best friends for years. Yeah, they're titans. So, they finally go to check out the mansion. And this weird butler dude answers the door. The owner of the mansion recently died. And Wally finds out that that's why Dick chose this location. Because it's a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and like this guy just gives off the the butler guy gives off the creepiest vibes. Right, it's kind of be like it's like it's such a shame. Weirdo, not died. Alfred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll call him weirdo, not Alfred. Like he has a name. Nope. I just never committed it to memory. It's gonna be like a strangers on a train. You don't know who so, or who. But, but like <laughs> this, this we get we get a, a one page spread of this whole place, and it, they've just been adding on to it and adding on to it's it. Like Clusterfuck of buildings. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And so you know they're going that's what, through. That's actually what it's called. Welcome to the clusterfuck <laughs> of buildings. <laughs> so the like, town just kind of got out of handle. It's like, <laughs> you know what? Let's just add another building over there. But how are we gonna connect? Just knock down a wall. Just put it in sideways. <laughs> we got room. We got room going like thirty feet up and left. <laughs> Where do we put this one? It's an octagon. Just stack them. Just start <laughs> stacking them. Nobody's using the fountain anymore. But <laughs> but so they're going through. They they find the doors that lead to nowhere. Then they find a door that leads to somewhere. And then they find the chicks that they helped out of the hedge maze. They got lost in the house this time. <laughs> like, and, and one's a ginger, one's a blonde. And so the blonde must be leading the way. I don't I don't know what's going <laughs> on with these chicks. But now they're lost in here. So. They, they finally make their way to the big courtyard in the middle of all of these buildings that make this house. And they're, they're baffled by how many buildings, how many doors there really are here. And, and they, they notice that there's like a center location. So Wally escorts, is starting to escort the chicks around while Bruce does something else. They're finding dick. dead bot or dick. Whatever. He just read about Batman. Mini Bruce. Wow. wow. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Favorite character. <laughs> so, so This would never happen to me and John McClane. So Dick has, has went off and been doing his own research. Wally has found a bunch of doors. One leads to London. One leads what? to the Pentagon. One leads to the White House. All these doors. Eventually, Wally's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I need Nightwing to figure this out. <laughs> so he's like, but how the hell am I going to find him? So he's like, I'll just use the, the maze trick. Keep one hand along the wall. And he just keeps walking Nightwing's in a library of all places, which is the most out-of-place thing to them. <laughs> and, of course, Wally finds him, and he's like, how'd you get, how'd you find me? He's like, use your trick. Yeah, <laughs> I can learn something. So, so Wally's explaining to him this, he thinks it's alien, like an alien invasion coming, because what else would make sense to have all these doors to all these different places 
Dick has found out that you know the schematics make a pentagon, a pentagram, and mm-hmm. and all this and that. So they make their way to the roof, but first Wally convinces Dick that something's not right by putting him on top of the Daily Planet. He's oh, like, shit. okay, okay, fine, aliens. <laughs> so they get to the roof with the chicks in tow. They can't get rid of him at this point. They can't. Like, they feel they somewhat responsible. They don't even the seem to have really been a part of the story at all, other than to, to exist and be there. Hey, yeah, we, yeah. That's we exactly like being detectives, too. <laughs> but, so they figure out that these big lightning rods on the house are, like, making the pattern and everything. And the butler is an alien. And shoots the Flash with his alien ray gun, and it almost kills the Flash, but it doesn't. Classic. Because, (laughs) you know, he barely dodges the blast and it almost killed him. But then the ritual begins, and all these aliens start to, like, pop out of the sky, and they're really fucking weird looking. I've never, I don't know what these are. kind of like... Man thing meets Cthulhu. Yeah. Very original looking. <laughs> so so of course, you know, and the only time that Dick actually saw what it looked like was when the lightning struck on the lightning rod right beside them, interrupting like the vibrational mirage hmm. that these guys are putting out. So of course, Wally is running around trying to take out all the lightning rods because these lightning rods are where the aliens are able to enter this world at. And then mom alien is coming mm-hmm. through from the main one. That, that's that been this whole thing. They even make a joke that, uh-oh, he's calling mom. <laughs> and, uh, but, so Dick goes to take out the butler, kicks him off of a roof, and he goes splat. Wally's running around trying to take out all of these lightning rods. Because he's an alien. It's okay to murder. (laughs) Well, yeah. Murder that fucker. (laughs) I mean, why not? Normally, I'd make a speech about how this is wrong, but this time, he's an alien. But he's an alien tentacle monster. There's Asian girls here somewhere. I have to protect them. (laughs) So, but Wally can't get to all the lightning rods in time, so they just start offing aliens. <laughs> well, we can't figure this shit out, so it looks like it's mass murder. <laughs> but, so, they figure out they're not going to be able to stop Mom Alien from coming through. So Wally's like, you know what? I got this. I'll just blow holes in the walls of the house, turn it into Swiss cheese. Because when he phases through walls, it causes an explosion in the Wait, wall. Was that blonde girl mostly naked this whole time? Because yes. we've never seen we her at that angle at this <laughs> almost the entire time. Like back here at the beginning, like almost. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a pretty much obvious. the entire. Holy shit! Time. Yeah, how did I miss all that throughout this book? But. So Wally rushes down these stairs, gets the ladies, takes them outside, and just starts running through walls to collapse the house to stop this ritual. Oh, I bet they're collapsing the house. (laughs) Am I right, fellas? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, back to the book. (laughs) So finally, he, he succeeds. And I was wrong. 
Dick didn't kill the butler. He got struck by lightning and melted. And Dick wasn't Dick the whole time. It was actually Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he just sits back and watched. He's like, huh, fried squid. Oh, God. Took my such an asshole after all. But they realize... Wally realizes that after doing all of this, he gets to a point of the house away from Dick that he's not able to get him and take him to safety. So Dick just jumps off the roof, does a somersault, and over to Wally. Wally catches him by the arm. He's like, the Flying Graces would be so proud. (laughs) I know I am. Like, those were Wally's words. So they collapse the house... And they leave the premises. Like, people are walking away. They're talking about how they had a great time. And <laughs> Wally's like, uh, Dick says, next year, you make the plans. Well, I was like, oh, don't yeah. worry about that, my friend. I will. So, uh, where do you think we ought to go? <laughs> and it ends. Okay, this. Hey, what happened to the chicks? <laughs> Did they get out safely? <laughs> this book seems... When the building was collapsing? Very lame and kind of lazy. <laughs> but, like, it seems like one of those things that could be a guilty pleasure. Like, someone cool. like, it seems like one of those... It was a very, like, buddy comedy kind of kind of uh, comic that yeah. they tried to make. Yeah, and that I feel like that's where... It's like Shaggy and Scooby. Like, that's why it comes show. off, like, lazy and lame. Like, yeah. <laughs> So it's, uh, I mean, but I can see people enjoying it. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of enjoy the, uh, the story a little bit. I mean, at least the premise is interesting enough. I mean, it, it was one of those, like, you know, a, a place kind of like this actually exists. It's possible that it's not ghosts that it's haunted by, but it's yeah, played so you're by like, aliens. what the fuck is this? Like, you know, what happened yeah. about this? But it, it was fun in its own rights. Yeah. Like, I, my big thing was reading this to, to be like, so how do you beat him out of, out of a labyrinth? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's interesting enough to get anyone involved in, yeah. in a book. But, right there. you know, I enjoyed it. I laughed. I, I'm like, that was kind of dumb. But then I laughed again, so it was okay. So that was my something old. Well, something new, kind of keeping in tune with last time. Taking a note from Vinny here, I'm going to talk about the same oh book twice God. in a row. Oh yeah, at least God. it's not seven, eight, fourteen times in a yeah, row. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, here. All right, you brought this up, and I was going to respond in the in the message, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. Okay, at least I like my Supermanings vary. Okay. Like I'm never just like now. Now it's time for Superman nine seventy six, and then Superman nine seventy seven, and Superman nine seventy eight. No, I'm like, oh, this shit happened in Action Comics is a really big deal because it's a fucking parallax Superman. Oh, this shit happened in Superman because uh, it's a really heartwarming story about families coming together. Oh, this shit happened in Justice League because of really cool characters that come back from the future. No, you are going in line. You're like like. The, like, fucking um, weekly radio program, like, this time, and uh, Invincible. <laughs> Do you want to know what happens when they fight on the surface of the sun or not? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so, dude. Because we both know I'm not starting this book anytime soon. So. I, I found my trade that you can start with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys listened to me talk about Invincible last time, you knew that the the fight in outer space went to the surface of the sun with Thrag and Mark fighting on the surface of the sun. And that's exactly where we start. There's no lead in. There's a, you read the last issue. There's a guy. We're picking up right there. Four panels of fist fighting on the fucking sun. No, it's, let me. Well, I mean, like what we open up to. Yeah. yeah, The entire comic. Monochromatic for most of it. Is on the (laughs) surface of of the sun. Because of how bright it is on the sun, yeah. But, But what's going on here is. Okay, so so everyone has like the communication devices that they have to allow them to like telepathically communicate without actually having telepathy. So they're like going back and forth, being like, "You're doing this for all the wrong reasons. You saw that like my dad's a good leader. You know, we're doing the right thing by expanding the Viltrum Empire. You're using all your kids as cannon fodder. You know." You have nothing to fight for. You have everything to lose and nothing to gain. You know, and whereas Mark is expressing to him like he has everything to fight for, everything to live for. So, like going through all of this, like there are sunspots happening, explosions on the surface of the sun. Like they're each trying to get away from the other by flying away. They drag each other down. Like, they are just straight up, like, that they graze the surface of the sun, and, and their back just starts to boil. And they're naked. <laughs> like, well, you fight on the surface yeah. of the sun, see if you're close, stay intact. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it makes absolute total sense. <laughs> just like, 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 I'm only just now noticing that they're naked. Their clothes were not prepared for that fight, <laughs> yeah. but they were. But... The the thing How's the is, one guy still got his mustache. Yeah, I, I haven't figured out why whole they book still starts, have hair. Whole book starts yeah. to fall apart. <laughs> but you know, Mark's explaining to him. He's like, the only thing you need to know is you're not allowed to live. And Thrag says, "Oh hell!" As he carries him into the sun, like into. Like, into the inner layers, Under, the innards yeah. of the sun. <laughs> Think of the sun as like an ocean of fiery death. They dive into the ocean. There's a, a lot of plasma, and, and of Bearing course, and they come up, and you know they're burnt to hell. Yeah, like and, and you can see like this this physical deterioration starting to happen to each of them through the intense heat going underneath. And everything else. And by going underneath, their comm devices fry. So they can no longer hear each other. So it all becomes a monologue from Mark. Where where he's saying, you know, I wish you could hear me. You know, I wish you could know what I was saying to you. And goes on, he's like, no one's coming for you. No one cares that you're about to die. You know, there, there is nothing here for you. And Robot sends one of his suits in to cover Mark to give him a brief advantage where he just starts beating... What? Robot has suits that can survive on the sun? Not for long. Okay. <clears throat> but, like, 
he just starts beating the hell out of Thrag. Thrag starts punching pieces off of the suit. There's like molten sun liquid splashing everywhere. Uh, like more sun eruptions. And like through the whole thing, you can you can still see like their bodies deteriorating the whole time. Down to like and at one point, yeah. like they come back up from underneath. And, like, there's no lips. There's, like, little no face. Skin. There's no nose. You can now see the, like, tendons and Yeah, and, and they're still and fighting, you know. And, and Mark is still going on with his internal monologue saying, you know, the Viltrumites have found their place on Earth. The Viltrumites are going to flourish. They're going to grow because of what they've done, not because of what he's done. There's a new way of life for them. They can be happy. And Thrag punches Mark away and tries tries to fly away. And the one-eyed alien that's been one of Mark's best friends comes to the rescue after Mark delivers one, like, ridiculous blow to Thrag as he goes down into the sun. He's like, I only wish that I could see you come to your end. And so the alien carries him back, which for some reason, I still can't figure out how the alien was completely unharmed going to rescue Mark. Yeah. But like nothing. And we see like a, a an extra crispy Mark laying on a, like, like a, hosp- a hovering hospital gurney on the space station. And everyone's worried, like they don't know what's going on. The daughter of Thrag, who called for the surrender of the fight, is in custody. So Alan the alien goes to her, tells them to take off the restraints. He explains her like you ended this conflict, you know, we can come to an understanding of peace because of you. And she's like, but we did all this stuff, you know, how could that ever be a thing? He's like, yeah. did your father ever teach you the concept of forgiveness? And that's where it ends. This seems it, it seems like a really cool issue. I like if Very I had, climatic, if yeah. I had one tweak for it, it's that like some of the monologuing like towards the end where he's like, "I wish I could see you come to your death or whatever," you know, I, I wish I could see your end. Awesome, cool, poignant. The monologuing like all this stuff beforehand, right here, where you're saying like they're starting to de- deteriorate. I think it would have been cool if they just left it at visuals. Like, I mean, that was one of the more powerful things about the Death of Superman issue was that it, yeah. so much of it was, there were no words. It was just Fine. visuals, and they were fighting, and you could, <clears throat> you you saw the no story. Time to think. Yeah, you saw the story being told through Superman's reactions and how he dealt with, like, this thing that Doomsday did. It was all in actions, and I, I feel like it would have, like, been much more better for that point. I, I mean, not, not to... I haven't read it. So yeah, I, I love know. the monochromatic sun, yeah. like... And then all you can see is the sun off their skin, and they're melting and yeah. burning. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Like, this, so far, this is one Pretty of rad. my favorite Pretty issues. Pretty intense. Pretty fucking cool. And, and it yeah. is. And one of the best parts is, like, the, the internal monologuing that Mark's doing, like, through all that fighting... Adds adds a, a intense layer of depth because Mark realizes like he's dying here too. 
Yeah. Like, that. that's yeah, the whole that, thing that's, about it. That's what I'm saying. That's another thing. You can see that in the visuals. Like, yeah. you, you can see that in the, in the panels and, and all that. And the rest of the, the monologuing and stuff, that if you've read up to this point, you can pretty much put all that together for yourself. You can pretty much monologue that shit to yourself while you're reading it. Like, let the visuals do the storytelling as well. Same with that. I mean, it doesn't take anything away from it. Right. They put the monologuing in. It's just, uh, I don't know. I have that preference. Uh, like, I, I feel I can, like, I can I feel like the artwork can tell a story well enough. I can, I can, well. Because that would, that the, the other really thing, cool fucking visuals in this book. The other thing I think it helps is like the scenes where they become basically unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So that's true. It kind it kind of helps you keep track. <laughs> Basically, like two of, red skulls just fighting yeah, each other. Yeah. Building guys. So which. it kind of helps you keep track of who's who. Yeah. Because because without that, you're just almost at a loss on some of these panels <laughs> as to. Who's punching who? Who's throwing? Who's biting? Like what's and like I'm, got I'm, off the top of my head, I don't think I, I could come up with anything that they could do to to separate the two. But like maybe maybe even just a, a different shade. Like this guy's this shade of orange. This guy's this shade of orange. You know, like, <laughs> like just so different that you can tell the difference, but not so different that it's like, like, why would he be that color underneath? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Uh, really cool dudes. issue, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, that leads us into the the thing that spawns out of all these comics, and that's all this fucking nerd news. There's so much of it out there these days. So many things happening, and we like to take care of that. In a segment we call Phone Booth News. It's time for the news. The Phone Booth News. That's right, guys. This is where we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can change his clothes. Which gives us 3 minutes, 45 seconds, according to the Deadpool 2 teaser trailer. Uh, Alright, so Odal is here on, on the clock. Let me get to... We get over to my. Of course, I crossed a bunch of shit out. That only makes it way more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, finger on the button and let me know when you go. And go. In video game news, you can get your very own special Celebi when you buy Pokemon Gold or Silver from the Nintendo eShop. Now, you can hold on to this code until the new Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon comes out or uh, burn it up real quick on the current Sun Moon versions. In comics news, two crossovers of interest are coming in December from Marvel and DC. The first, Super Sons of Tomorrow from writer Peter J. Tomasi, is a four-part story spanning Superman, Super Sons, and Teen Titans and sees the unknown Batman of Tomorrow come back in time to prevent Superboy from uh, causing millions to die. In Marvel, Venom Incorporated, a six-part story beginning with Venom Incorporated Alpha, rotating between ASM and Venom, and ending with Venom Incorporated Omega, is kicked off with characters you've likely never heard of and affects names you know and love, while seeming to focus on the Mania symbiote. Uh, also, Neil Adams, blown away by the Batman vs. Elmer Fudd uh, issue, has uploaded a video to YouTube where he reads excerpts in character and with Looney Tunes music. <laughs> in movie news, Tomb Raider reboot uh, trailer is out. 
Uh, it seems based on the new video game and uh, maybe gives away a little bit too many big moments, but it looks fun. Uh, an unknown source close to the production of the Han Solo movie reshoots has seen an actor on set in iconic Darth Vader armor. Uh, and also in video or movie news, Bloomhouse Productions has announced that Jamie Lee Curtis will reprise her role of Laurie Strode for the for Universal's upcoming Halloween film coming October 19th, 2018. Not much is known about the film outside of co-writer Danny McBride revealing that the film will continue the story established in the first two films. Linda Hamilton will also be reprising her iconic female lead role in the untitled direct sequel to Terminator 2, rewriting the franchise again. Along with Schwarzenegger, James Cameron will be returning, this time as a producer, and uh, Deadpool director Tim Miller will be directing the film. In TV news, the, C uh, the CW is developing a series called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, based on the Archer Horror title of the same title, uh, that drew tonal comparisons from Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. It's unknown if this will be part of the Riverdale series. Uh, the CW also announced that their 2017 Arrowverse crossover titled Crisis on Earth X will show our Belantiverse heroes come together for Barry and Iris's wedding and going up against evil doppelgangers from a universe where Nazis won World War II. And they revealed that this will, uh, that this with an epic, they revealed this with an epic comic cover style poster. And that's it. 302. Oh, fuck yes. Wow. I'm, oh, man. I nailed that one, too. Uh, like yeah, not, so you not not to not to stroke my own uh, horn there. Just <laughs> the horn. I just stroke my own horn there. Yeah. <laughs> I just took two colloquialisms and mashed them together. The horn. Yes. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I'm really impressed. I got that. I thought it was like four minute, four some odd minutes in. Wow. Okay, and that was a lot of news in three minutes. <laughs> yes. Now, when you said Danny McBride directing Halloween, is that what you said? Uh, no, he's co-writing. 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 Co the Danny McBride I'm thinking of, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Eastbound and down. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, should be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like all of this news is like, like so many of these things I could have picked as a discussionary topic. For this episode. Like, of course we can't do it all. <laughs> Guys, uh, if you want to check out any of those stories and more, you can see those on the Sort of My Comics page on Facebook. Uh, now, coming out of the phone booth, we emerge changed and more informed. What? Oh my god, are you charging your charger with the charge on your charger? <laughs> it works. <laughs> Endless loop of energy. We, we have yet more... TV news. Uh, Sci-Fi has ordered a Deadly Class pilot. Now, you've probably heard, um, I don't know if Bob's talked about it on the podcast, but I know me and you, Alpha Spectre, yeah. have talked about it. And um, if you're not familiar with Deadly Class, it launched in 2014 and it's set in the late 80s at King's Dominion High School for the Deadly Arts, where the children of the world's worst crime families send their children to be trained as assassins. Uh, this pilot is directed by Adam Targan, executive producer of Banshee and Outcast. And the Russo brothers are actually executive producers on this. It's that awesome. has me fucking stoked. Trag, if you're not familiar, the Russo brothers are the ones responsible for directing 
uh, Captain America Civil War, and they're oh, directing yeah. uh, the upcoming Avengers Infinity War. Ooh. Yeah, they're they're um, like uh, uh, community. They're they're the ones behind Community. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah you love Community. So, uh, yeah, familiar. so you're you're gonna like this at least. Uh, like one, like I when I heard. Well, okay, I, I should say this. Uh, another big note. Uh, co-written by Rick Remender, the writer of the book. Yeah. The writer like, of the book. And that's the best part about this is yeah. that he is involved in writing the show. Yes. So, which, which I mean, has worked wonders for The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and then a, a similar uh, situation. From what I've heard, um, shit. Happy on yeah. sci-fi is doing fairly well. Yeah. Uh, uh, is Krypton out yet? I don't, I don't think, think Krypton's yeah. out yet. But this one... Happy is. With, with Happy already out, and yeah, I have heard good things about that. They're doing Krypton, which is uh, the show that is based on Krypton before it explodes. Uh, maybe that's the the series finale, but like, what a what an anticlimactic series finale because we kind of already all know. So you know where this that one's going. But this will actually be their third um, comic property that they'll be adapting. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I've read is that sci-fi is really trying to expand on. Like their comic oriented. Well, material. which is fun. Uh, like, I mean, they, it's not that they haven't had good things in the past. Isn't the one hundred on Sci-Fi? I think so. Yeah, but, I mean, and that's a pretty popular Falling show. Skies. What was that? Yeah, one? yeah. Um, was twelve, that? twelve I'm monkeys. Sure. I watched it. Was some good it ones. was okay, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't their worst. And it was uh, even so. Sci-Fi has a reputation of. Being pretty fucking terrible with a lot of their original shit. Yeah. And so when I saw sci-fi, like, because that was the first thing I knew about this before I started doing my my writing for the show, was sci-fi. I was like, oh, God, really? Sci-fi? Fuck. But, <laughs> but uh, with the Russo brothers, until fuck those those guys are geniuses. Like, I mean, they're, they're so fucking good. And being written by Rick Remender, co-written, you put Rick Remender, the guy who writes the fucking book, in a room with any other writer, and he's going to be like, look, bitch, I kind of know these fucking characters. I invented them. <laughs> right. So, it'd be like and... putting, like, Bill Finger and Bob Kane in there with Scott Snyder, <laughs> and Scott being like, well, I got this great grandfather, and like, just slow the fuck down. It's like, he's got to fight a rainbow monster at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Like seriously though, once once they get this off the ground, they they've been given the grounds to make the pilot. Yeah. Remender's involved. We've got the Russo brothers on board. I, I can't see bad things for this just based on the those. only bad thing I can see for this is because it is going to be on sci-fi. And sci-fi, while they don't necessarily stray away from gore so much, because I, mean, I mean it's the science fiction channel. Like, you're gonna see graphic shit yeah. sometimes, but I do feel like it's gonna tone it down so much. Like a lot. I can see that. Like, okay, this is the only I mean, rem- remember like series that I've read. We're, we're There's talking, a couple I haven't, but this is the only one that's like the least graphic. We're, as far we're talking as, like, about a, a series. Of, uh, at one point, our main character 
vomits and diarrheas all over himself. Or is it just diarrhea? I don't remember. Uh, it's just diarrhea. But it's like all over the fucking Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Graphic scene, just shit. And I mean, uh, <laughs> like, the cursing is a big deal. The drugs are a huge deal. So, like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, um, it, I guess it all depends on how much censorship sci-fi requires in their shows. Yeah. You know, having not watched Happy, I know Happy is supposed to be a pretty, like, graphic comic. Yeah, So I've heard that. I've never read it, but... So, you know, it, it kind of makes me want to read a few issues, check out, like, the first couple episodes of the show, see how it compares, but it's like... You know, like I said, with Remender and the Russo brothers on board, regardless of what channel it's going up on, mm-hmm. like I feel like it's going to get at least most of the justice it deserves for being a. Because I mean, like sci-fi is not even a a your typical cable TV channel. You yeah. have to get a package. No, well, maybe now I don't know, but like the last time I had cable, sci-fi was the channel. Like, I know it's part of, like, the upper channels, which now your basic cable is, like, 15 channels now. But, like... Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I quit I cut get, forever ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get cable. Not either. that I'm like, oh, I'm above cable. It's just like, ah, eh, fuck it, Netflix. Right? <laughs> yeah. Netflix, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about But, that. I don't know. I, I think it's going to work. It, I, I want it, it to work. I'm going to give it, uh, because, like, it's got so much going for it, but it's also got sci-fi the sci-fi going name against going it. against it. <laughs> I'm going to meet it in the middle and give it my normal five episodes. Any yeah. show I'm never really sure about, I give it five episodes. Uh, and I mean, I've been wrong before because I did that with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And while it, like it's ten episodes before the first season gets really interesting at all, yeah. and it's a much longer <laughs> time before I can care about the characters the way that it wants me to right from the first fucking episode... Uh, the show does get better and better, and yeah. it, I mean, even this last season. Fuck, this last season was awesome. So I'll, I'll give this the normal five episodes. If it doesn't grab me, like I'll give it a season or two and see what people are saying about it. Maybe I'll revisit it. But uh, otherwise, I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole thing. I want it to be great because I really have enjoyed this book that you you've been handing off to me, and I do want to start on the individual issues. Uh, again, here soon, once we finally get your room <laughs> cleaned up and we find them all. Uh, so, uh, but it, we won't go there. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it is worth a watch. I, I suggest that to anyone listening. Give it a try. Give it a try. Russo Brothers Rick Remender. There, there's enough reason to give the pilot a try. <laughs> uh, something else is coming out. Uh, much sooner than uh, than Deadwood Class, Netflix Punisher, and they just had they just had a bitchin' trailer come out over <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, uh, like a, a week or and a half ago or so, uh, something like take. that. Holy crap, this trailer is great. We we, we get characters like uh, Micro. We know my like I mean, with all the spoiler news that comes out for anything anymore, we knew. It characters were going to be in it but now we can see the characters we're going to see micro we're going to see jigsaw yeah i don't i don't know if you know exactly who he was in the trailer if you've seen the trailer but um when they're in the uh homeland security he's the last guy to exit the elevator he's the guy who sets off the exploit he's got the goatees real pretty 
He sets off the explosive. He's walking away from it. And he's the guy who gets shot in the face by the Punisher with a shotgun near the end <laughs> of the trailer. Um, possibly causing him to become the Jigsaw person we all know. I mean, he's got the whole first season mapped out. He's got it all mapped out. Well, and that's that's one thing that I'm wondering about this. Like, because Jigsaw is like one of the Punisher's main nemesis. Yeah. And... So I'm wondering if, like, that scene where he gets shot in the face with the fucking shotgun, is that, like, halfway through the show? Is that near the end? And then, like, Jigsaw is Finale. the, the <laughs> big part of season two? Well, now, yeah. now keep in mind, if they're continuing with true, like, Netflix Marvel show fashion, yeah. anything in these trailers we're seeing are, like, first three-episode material. <laughs> it couldn't really be. Like, that's a lot of people are saying, like, Wilson Fisk is season two, and I would fucking love to see that. Vincent D'Onofrio up against John Barathol Punisher? Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it looks awesome. And, uh, it, I mean, just the tone of the oh, whole trailer oh, with yeah. Metallica's one playing in the background, mm. which if, if... Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, the bullets, the yeah, they're like, <laughs> like, everything going in. Well, no. Sinking yeah, up with, with the bullets. Yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah, with the, like, the, the bullets line up. We're doing when he's beat, fucking yeah. gearing up and shit. Yeah. Too. Like, because uh, like, when he's putting the bullets in the in the magazine and then he puts the magazine in the gun and he, lock, uh, he loads the gun, it's all in time with the song. Yeah. Yeah. And in the uh, trailer, he also says, I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's another, um, you know... Kill them all is a Metallica reference. I'm going to kill them all. And if you're not aware, um, if, <laughs> not you, it's like, if you never really paid attention to the lyrics, this uh, Metallica's one is about war and the effects it has on a World War One soldier. And it's very appropriate for the yeah. Punisher, who yeah. is a Marine. He's he's been. I didn't think about the words. I just thought how badass it looked and everything. Oh, this is great. But yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that that one part where it was like darkness imprisoning me. All that yeah, I see he's like absolute horror. Yeah, nothing left to live for. Yeah, know? yeah, it's uh, it's a really appropriate song for this. Uh, it, it, okay. Uh, We've said it before. We can yep. say it again. Marvel does a fucking amazing job with their Netflix shows, with their trailers, everything mm. about them. You said an amazing job with their Netflix shows, as in plural, as in all of them. Eh. <laughs> uh, Luke Cage, pretty good. Okay, we we have a higher win rate <laughs> than loss rate. Okay, but Defenders was okay. It was cool, but it was okay. Uh, Iron Fist was. Tolerable. Iron Fist was the weakest of the shows. It was tolerable, but flawed as fuck. Uh, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, great. Awesome. Yeah, great. Um, Jessica Jones, fantastic. Fuck yes. Daredevil, Daredevil season one. And two. one. D- season two is one of the lower ones. Like you can pick parts of it out that yeah. are like this is amazing, and then the rest is like I completely fucking forgot that happened because yeah. it wasn't interesting enough. Yeah, actually. Uh... That's actually one of the only ones I've seen so far is Daredevil season one, and it was yeah. awesome. I loved it. Like you, you need to yeah, binge so you're, watch. You're yeah. you're aware of Vincent D'Onofrio as as Wilson Fisk. That's yeah, right. I'm, I'm uh, instead of um, 
Instead of, uh, who was it, Michael Clark Duncan? Michael Clark Duncan. Well, now I see this other guy. Yeah, right? he's a little think. too dead to reply to the reprise role. Yeah, Fuck, that was, was insensitive, but <laughs> I mean, he is. So, yeah, uh, the Ben Affleck, uh, Daredevil was the only one you know, I had seen, obviously. Yeah. Still, they brought, you know, Daredevil well, back I to the screen. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll keep loaning you the shit. The new Fisk is shit, pretty But good. you gotta read Shadowland. Daredevil Shadowland. The new cool. Fisk is also like, he's like ten times more uh, sophisticated than, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Wilson movie. Fisk is a high class When I've seen, uh, he, seen he him in the He got books, that like, role perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he nailed it. And, uh, no, like, my only the rest of them, real experience with him outside of uh, also Jurassic World was uh, oh, Law and Order. Shit. Blew my mind. How yeah, 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 yeah. He was the guy who was like, we should use the Raptors yeah, as a weapon. I recognize him. Dude, full metal jacket. What? Private Pile. That's Pile? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah, come right. a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I think he looks totally different than, yeah. he, than he used Same to. Same guy. Wow. Like, no, that, when I first saw... Like Wilson Fisk, I'm like, holy shit, it's piles. <laughs> he should know. Apparently, that headshot didn't take. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should clean the right no, and try I, again. I, that was one of my. Um, that was one of my favorite Law and Order shows. Was the one with him on it. So, uh, but no, the show looks fucking great. I mean, we get a better idea of uh, what all the conspiracy entails. With the we've got CIA involved, FBI, Homeland Security, just all sorts of shit. Uh, we can see how him and Micro kind of are going to get teamed up and stuff, uh, which was, uh, which ties together all that body cam, like teaser footage we had yeah. been seeing. So it was really, really cool. Travis, you had some notes on the, on the music, right? You had some, uh, that some takes on you? Uh, the kill them all and all that. Um, I did read <laughs> a lot of the, uh, comments in the YouTube, uh, trailer of the Punisher. Yeah, I read yeah, a bunch yeah. of the comments at the bottom. And a lot, there was this running joke where uh, it plays off this, the clip in the trailer where he says, um, "Do you know uh, somebody?" Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, basically. And the bad guy's like, "Fuck! I wanted to say that the show's so bad now." <laughs> the bad guy's like, "I'm not sure. I don't know." And uh, he's like, "Fair enough." No, 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 no. Like, like, yeah, no, you're about right. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're. They're, they're following this basic. Dialogue and they keep turning it into a joke in the comments section. It's like he's at the uh, he's at a restaurant. And the woman asks, uh, or he asks his friend what he wants, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I don't know." He's like, "Fair enough." Shoots his friend at the table. But I love that. So it's, it's, um, it was uh, awesome because because uh, <laughs> there's that one line where the like um, you hear the the commander or whatever like say like uh, fire at will. And then you hear the Punisher say, uh, I'd be glad to, or happy to, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Be my pleasure. And it was like, oh my god! Like, like that's such a great Punisher line! And then the fair enough... Because, like, normally, in a situation where you got, like, the hero, and I use the, the word hero loosely involving the Punisher, yeah. uh interrogating someone for information there's usually this drawn out thing like i mean even in the thomas jane punisher like you know he does the whole like burning the steak and then like he touches him with the popsicle oh, and shit yeah. 
Uh, he does some ruthless shit, man. In yeah, general. but this this Punisher is the Punisher because like he's like, who's the fucking guy? And the guy's like, I don't know. He's like, fine, kills him. It's just oh, dead. Man. He's like, well, he's not gonna tell me. I don't want to do all this shit. So. I say he has he has no time to extort an answer out of someone. It's like. You're not going to tell me up front? Okay, I'll move on to the next yeah. guy. Eventually, someone's going to get tired of seeing me kill people and tell me what I need to know. And then I'll kill them. And I mean, he kills that guy in a hallway full of... Dude, that guy should have just said it. Like, not that the Punisher would have let him live. But, I mean, in that situation where you're not really sure where, like, where your fate lies and you're the only one that's been left alive and you're being asked a question, at that point, you kind of fucking answer the question. Cause shit, cause that, cause that motherfucker in the goddamn skull, body armor, <laughs> just killed all your friends. So, uh, it looks amazing. It's gonna it be does. great. I honestly think that this will probably become my favorite. It's got a great shot. I mean, yeah. it's my favorite oh, yeah. comic book character, and and all I've yeah, seen so far, yeah, all I've seen so far is just good. Well, John Barenthal is doing a fantastic job oh, with the character. Yeah. Seeing him in um like uh, Walking Dead and everything, you know, I picture him yep. in, in the Punisher. I picture him like a little older, a little more mature. Not too old of a fellow. I don't know how old he is. I don't think he necessarily looks old. I think he looks worn, weathered. Yeah, weathered. like I mean, well. In um, uh, looking for a friend for the end of the world, the uh, Steve Carroll movie, seeking Steve Carell. seeking a friend. Yeah, yeah. He shows up as like a dude who wants like loan or something, and he's like got long hair and he's like kind of a hippie and stuff. Well, and it's like a real quick thing. About that, yeah. And him and his girlfriend are like, yeah, we're gonna go to a beach and fuck on the. Yeah, sand. he's he's not like a, he's not he's necessarily a household name just yet. I like I, seeing I mean, him. He, we we've had him as Shane in The Walking Dead, which uh, yeah. I don't think he makes it out of season two. Yeah, no, but I was uh, shit. Part, sorry, spoilers for The Walking Dead, but it's been around for like seven years now. <laughs> so spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's not. He hasn't been in a poster for like five years. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can put together what happened. Well, not exactly what happened, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, no, he's not a household name yet, but uh, yeah, he, he does do. seem to pop up in places anymore. Yeah. Uh, or and uh, something that that keeps popping up in our world right now is the Watchmen. Oh. And uh, that leads us to our next one. Who watches them? Uh, well, apparently HBO has because they've ordered, they have officially, no, no rumors here, they've officially announced that they have ordered the pilot for The Watchmen Ooh. to develop it as a series. Now, now, the one thing, the one thing that will make most fans cringe at this idea is because The Watchmen has been regarded notoriously as being difficult to film. Because the way the panels are set up, the way the story is told throughout this comic, it was the perfect comic book way to tell the story. It's almost uh, like it a invented movie looking new, at those panels. Yeah, it invented new techniques to tell the story, and, and so far it's been extremely difficult to adapt that to a visual medium, which is, I want to say, which is one of the reasons Zack Snyder's movie is so different from the comic, the way you watch it to the way you read it. Yeah. Well, um, there is a special feature even on the Blu-ray where it, uh, it'll it sync up the uh, panels at the bottom of the screen 
while yeah. they're happening in the movie. Yeah, but it only it really works. Ones. It only works so many different times. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying like literally every page of this thing is so fucking unique. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it, it's one of those things is just. He tried. It's he very tried different. Yeah, he did what he could, and, and uh, then he did his own thing in, yeah, in certain yeah. other areas. But it works. I love the movie. Don't uh, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying that this is one of those things. Like, holy shit, really? Like a fucking series? Can we do that? Is that possible? I, honestly, I think that it's a better route to go than the movie. Maybe. Well, because you got to think. Okay, comic book movies that we've gotten. Outside of the Washington, because yeah. it's such a different tone, such a different setting, everything about it, and especially taking the comic itself aside, like it's so different from almost anything else. We get these arcs in these stories, like okay, Spider Man, we get his origin and a Green Goblin fight yeah. and all this, but with with this, it's this self encapsulated story we drop into an established universe yeah like we have we don't have a setup into anything we don't have like these origin stories this is it this is like what's going now, on we'll revisit the the comment the origin story well, cuz i have a note it here, but... though they came later though yeah we'll, we'll but, revisit that you know but i think a tv show is the best place to like flesh all of that yeah. out and and utilize those backstories to their advantage to okay say this thing goes for 3 4 seasons they're able to give us more depth into these characters than what we got in the movies yeah. we're able to like know where these characters came from why they are the way they are and why the main story is the way it is. Well, yeah, and, and one of the things that uh, when I when I handed the Watchmen off to uh, Doctor T Neil here, is so he could finish his uh, yeah his rebirth knowledge, which should have been the first thing I handed. <laughs> as, like a stupid, stupidly started him out with yeah. Flashpoint. As much as That's I've it. talked about it, uh, yeah. most of my knowledge only comes from me knowing about yeah. the novel and what happens in it. But I've seen the movie a billion yeah. times, and the way the way I I, I set him up for it was like you're you're in for a lot more stuff. There are so many oh, different yeah. scenes that happen in the book that that just are not in the movie. You know, you, you can blame that on time constraints and stuff. You know, a movie has a set amount of time, and even the um, the extended ultimate edition, like where they. I think they had like maybe a couple extra scenes, and then they added all the Black Freighter stuff in. Uh, I think it's a, almost a three-hour movie. Uh, even then, they didn't have time to tell every single part of this crap. Well, and so uh, I feel like the show could do that. Yeah, because there's oh. this whole part where where Rorschach is talking about uh, how he got his mask. Uh, one of the woman comes in with the, the special fabric and she wants a dress made out of it and stuff and then like later she's raped in the middle of this apartment complex and like nobody calls the cops and like the people watch it and shit and then he turns that dress because he was working at this tailor shop he turns that dress into his mask and that's what made him decide to be Rorschach so like there's stuff like that we get maybe we'll get in the show, and it's HBO, so they're not going to shy yeah. away from rape. Well, they're not going to shy I, I away say, from There's anything. nothing <laughs> too graphic for HBO. Well, yeah, Alan Moore and uh, who's the other guy? Dave Gibbons. Who yeah, he that? did. The, well, they're not going to have Moore, any hand in it. 
Alan Moore wrote it. Dave Gibbons did the art. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Alan Moore will. You won't hear a quote about this from Alan Moore because he's fucking done with all adaptations of any of his work. Yeah, uh, he, he did the V for Vendetta. It, yeah. He did a uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen mm-hmm. from Hell, which is also a movie. Yep, and um, everyone has pretty well butchered his work more or less right. except outside for, of v for vendetta was probably the closest v for vendetta was pretty damn great uh and then Zack snyder did a good job as we've said yeah, yeah. like i mean the movie as a movie is just awesome but if you yeah. if you take the movie as a separate entity with grounds based in like the watchman like graphic novel yeah we have to state it as that because yeah it came out in 12 issues but everyone knows as the graphic novel the complete story so that's the grounds for this but it has its own thing almost like the mcu things like comparing it based on the comic book it's it's a pretty good adaptation and i i think a a way better rewrite isn't where it's Manhattan instead of a random monster from a oh yeah well yeah no, no, no. <laughs> I just realized that you hadn't read it we've already uh, talked about this I already knew yeah. about it oh okay but right. I haven't gotten to uh, but if you look at it as just a movie standing on its own it's a pretty fucking awesome oh yeah. yeah yeah but then we've got before Watchmen which was a, a series that came out shit I want to say mm, was years. it years 2014. Uh, no, no, it had to have been earlier than that. Yeah, a little, at least before? a little earlier. It's like 2010. Bro. I was gonna say, I, <laughs> I want to say it was like around 2010, maybe. I'm just thinking of like the eras I was, I was buying comics. I was buying. Oh, Spider-Man it was while I was in high school, so it was yeah. definitely like 2009. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was around 2008, 2009, yeah. somewhere around there. Because I remember my friend uh, over the um, the school news that they had. He had to do a skit for it, and he did it as a Rorschach's journal. Yeah. And, and while, right. while <laughs> each different series, because they had a Silk Spectre series, a Minutemen series, they had the comedian, Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias, Rorschach, and I think a Night Owl. I think there was I a Night Owl so. series. But they weren't necessarily origin stories either. I know Ooh. Rorschach's was like, this is a period of time, I think, I think it was still teaming up with Night Owl uh, oh, over the yeah. course of this story. Uh, Night Owl. There was a Moloch and a Dollar Bill. Yeah, the old. Oh ones, yeah, the they, oh they did do um, a separate series. We them. had uh, oh. comedian Warshak, and it's Moloch. What a whatever. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan Warshak had his own. Yeah, uh, Night Owl, Silk Spectre, Ozzy Mendez, um, Moloch, Dollar Bill. And that was it. Yeah. No, and now I do know Ozymandias' was an origin story. Well, at least the first issue goes into yeah, his Oh, man. Story. It should have all started with Hooded Justice because apparently he's the first declared super uh, hero in yeah, the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the older night was supposed to be the second one. All right. Damn. Yeah, yeah. See, I was, uh, I was so... in the ballpark around. Because I thought it was around the time I was buying Harley Quinn. Anyways. Oh, I was thinking of uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, like, would it be sensible for them? Maybe not. Like, the first season is going to be the before Watchmen stuff. Like, you know, but like, 
to implement back. the things from before Watchmen in the places where they fit. And maybe tell, like, the first few episodes, like, tell the Minutemen story. You know, like, would it, would it not be sensible to, to use this because... Not only do you have plenty to work with in just the 12 issues of The Watchmen, but you have, like, all these other four-part, five-part, six-part series, like these, like, seven or eight different books uh, to work with, too. And they are established continuity. So, Mm. and I'm not saying bring in any of the Rebirth stuff. Right. You don't have to do that. That, That's fucking out there. That's way too much. (laughs) Well, uh, with it being a... Uh, is it Damon Lindel- Lindelof that's going to direct it? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that's what they said. I fully trust it because I'm a huge fan of Lost. What? Okay, Lost yeah. Was, he's a co-creator of Lost. Yeah. Even as a, a blurb on the back of the uh, Watchmen novel, it says, uh, the greatest piece of popular uh, or fiction ever produced. He's a huge fan, and he was inspired by Watchmen before he even made Lost. Um, he went on to make a couple other great shows I can't remember right now. Well, but with him it... being able to do flashbacks and jumping back to Ant, he'll come up with a question at the first episode of the series, and then you won't find out what like the answer to yeah. it till like the third season. You'll be like, oh my gosh. Well, isn't so, he the one that made the statement that with the Watchmen being such a an influential and critical like piece of comic history? He's been so leery. To he's even, afraid to he's touch. He's been it. leery to touch yeah. this, unless he knows that it can be done right. Yeah. That it can yeah. be done justice. And now knowing that, okay, this is officially gotten the green light. Yeah, and HBO, like Game of Thrones, is a great example. They they they're fine with trusting their showrunners. Yeah. And, I mean, look at all the money that they pour into oh HBO alone. Or, uh, Game of Thrones alone. I, I'm not saying, like, Watchmen will get a $10 million per episode budget. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but, awesome. I mean, like, they're obviously not afraid and not hurting for the money if they're doing that shit with one show. Like, so, I mean, we're talking about a show that'll get a proper budget. Well, we're also, we're talking HBO. Yeah. They've been around for fucking yeah, just because you've been around a lot of them. Like, you know. They've everyone's got their day. They've successfully been around. Yeah. I also hope the casting is really good because... Um, yeah, I wanted I wanted to see if you guys want to do... The, do you want to do fan casting? See, I... want to try and do some fan I casting? I wouldn't be able to put anyone in any spot. The ones from the Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I want Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. The ones from the movie. I'm sure he'll do it. Looking at their face alongside the panels, it's like this actor was in that fucking yeah. book. And, and it's you so know, good. You Except know, like, let's go Ozzy with Mandy, uh, the guy who played Chunk in the Goonies. For uh, for Warshack because Never fuck it, place, right? <laughs> well, no, not fuck it because yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, like uh, yeah, like I mean, I would have a a tough time doing this recasting, too, like, the re- recasting some of it. Yeah, I don't know, and it, it it'd be more of a you might get like some like a couple big stars, but I a can lot see of like new uh, stars, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you, you couldn't really pull movies because I was about to say like I could see Jennifer Lawrence as Silk Spectre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you well, know, there, there's any number of people you could put in in Doctor Manhattan, like Tom the, Hardy. 
Tom Hardy would probably be an amazing Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> I like the one from the movie so bad. Yeah. Uh, that actor, I've seen him in so many things. Uh, don't know his name, but I really like his acting. Yeah, <laughs> that's Tom Chunk. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that could work. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, one of the best things they ever did with uh, Superman was casting somebody you don't know so you can believe it's Superman. Yeah. So I could Which they, they they generally kept that. Yeah. Like, almost every time they've ever cast Superman. It's so many Henry Cavill never heard kind of. kind of been in a couple movies, I think, but you don't know. Yeah, until, yeah. I had no idea who he was yeah. until he was Superman. And Brandon Routh was another yeah, they, casting choice for that. Tom Welling. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Welling. Tom Welling. Dean Cain. Uh, although I think Dean Cain had a little bit of popularity before uh, Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe, oh, uh, yeah, some shows. Since, uh, yeah, yeah, like, I think people knew who he was, but he wasn't, like, huge or anything. That show yeah. definitely, like, So, giving us new that. stars for the new uh, Watchmen show, I wouldn't be mad with that either. I yeah, just gotta like yeah. him enough, you know. I mean, who knew, like, goes. Sean Bean was, like, the most notable person in, in Game of Thrones to bring... Because, okay, it's their most popular thing, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean Bean. Everyone knew who the fuck Sean Bean was. All these other people? Huh? Like, and now I mean, we all fucking love the shit out of them. Yeah. I mean, Kit, Kit Harrington kind of had a thing yeah, beforehand. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he was really one of the few... Um... Oh fuck the the guy who's missing oh. some fingers and some hands. <laughs> also, I think Peter Dinklage was pretty huge before. Uh, um, I think he had some work. I think some people knew a, who he was. I recognized him from Elf, and then yeah, uh, I didn't really recognize him right off the right off the bat. What else is the Dink in? <laughs> we haven't got to talk I'm about this <laughs> we'll have to, he was, we'll have to do a super dink episode. He yes. actually uh, he did the voice for a video game character before they released expansions and redid all of the voicing for his character with someone nice. else. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah I know him from that. No. <laughs> he voiced the character. Oh man, he got so famous. For he's been oh man, he's been so, so famous for that thing nobody ever heard. Knights of Badass. You're me. right, Odell. Uh, Pixels. Uh, no, but that was that's post game. Pixels. Friends. Yeah, that's all. I enjoyed friends. that. Yeah, it is. I I think it was stupid as shit. But it was. <laughs> it uh, was so stupid, but I loved it. Oh yeah. Anyway, all of this has so much to do with the Watchmen. <laughs> that, but yeah, I, I think we've said all. Peter English can totally say. play the comedian. I, I think no. Nope. Night out. Night out, that motherfucker. <laughs> He'd be a badass comedian, bro. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, uh, really? because I take him seriously. And I'm exactly. like, oh, the little person is like the comedian. No, I, like I was seriously respect him as an actor. I yeah, it would be awesome. It I mean it, it's getting to a point like the the part he had in X Men. Uh, what was it? Apocalypse. Oh, uh, was it? Was and it? Uh, Days of Future Past. No, it was Days of Future, not Apocalypse. It was Days of Future Past. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, he was wasn't in Apocalypse. Apocalypse. But uh, but that the is that is not and... a part for a little person. Like I mean, in the comics, that character is not a little person. And like he, like he's changing roles, like because he's so fucking good, you know. Like people are like, oh, fucking Peter Dinklage. I don't, I don't care if like he's being cast as Andre the Giant. <laughs> he's so damn good. Okay, he so we need to make it 
fucking awesome. Yeah. You know what? Right? We're going to redo Luke Cage. Who should we get as the actor? Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> it's just... the, the, the hero of Harlem. Why not? Like, he's, he's the dink. You know what? Yeah, let's let's redo uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Peter Dinklage. All oh, parts. Man. Every part. Let's get a Bruce play. Campbell was in one. Oh, no. Not that. I was thinking about Escape from L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some Kurt Russell stuff. Escape from the <laughs> Super Dink Arena. <laughs> right. welcome, to, welcome to the Dink Arena. <laughs> uh, Alright. So, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Thunder Dink. Welcome to the Thunder Dink. Or the Dinker Dome. The Dinker Dome. <laughs> yes. No. Well, okay. Now that sounds too much like the uh, Dimzel Dim- Dimido. Dimido. What is it, uh, Dinkleberg? <laughs> yeah. After this episode, the Dinkledale uh, would be <laughs> rival. Dinkledale. <laughs> After this episode, in uh, in uh, you know, like meetings for like making movies and shows, they're gonna be like, we need somebody to come in and work on this. And they come in, they're like, dink it, dink it up. <laughs> That'll change your. Yeah, two words for you, dink it. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. God. All right. Well, I think that's. That's as good a place as any to, to call this one. Remember. Um, all right, so guys, there is a uh, new series shit up, and uh, it came out last week. Uh, there'll be another one tomorrow, too. Uh, we're honoring the life and creation of Hugh Hefner in that one. But the one that came out last week, uh, I'm just not going to say the title of that one here. You probably shouldn't. You if you, you if you're on <laughs> if you're like directly on our profile on SoundCloud or iTunes, just scroll down. It'll be the one underneath this episode. Yep, check it out. See see what that title's all about. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's also uh, Alpha's unboxing finally coming to the YouTube page. Uh, it was just gonna be a quick um, you know jump cut edit job where uh you know i just like cut it up a bit and put it out there but then i actually started getting a little creative and uh now it's a whole fucking that's got a theme song it's got a theme song it's got background music from dr t neil now it's another one of the sort of my brand productions yes it is actually um coming i moved it up up. now okay like these first few episodes are a little rocky but uh dude's getting better at it and uh we've discussed like ways he can do the show live that won't like be a nightmare for editing and will be more translatable so uh so you know give these first few episodes a try they are they're good my editing like for this type of shit i i'm gonna show you actually i, I wish i'd have shown you before we started recording but uh, i'm gonna show you what i have done okay. and uh i think you'll like it anyways that is coming to the youtube page so look forward to that and more original programming in the future once the Sort of My Brand Rebirth Initiative Phase 3 hits. By the time this comes out on YouTube, it'll be Phase 6. So, well, you know, like, I don't know where it all ends. So, uh, it's an ever-changing tapestry. But uh, you guys like this uh, podcast there down below. Leave any comments. Like we said at the top of the show, get involved with the conversation. Let us know what you thought about what we thought about any of the things that other people have thought about. So, <laughs> Give us a new segment for the show. Yeah, really. Like, Give I us mean, a I would love segment. to do a comments or questions segment 
with the people who actually listen to this. Like, even if it's, if it's the same three people each time. Like, we don't care. Right? Yeah, I don't care. Ten Minute Podcast is Joy from Sydney. Why can't we have our uh, Shane Taylor segment? Right? So, uh, guys, uh, again, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, sitting to my left. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And to my right. Travis Herman, Dr. T. Neal. And uh, I think it's time to play that Surface of the Sun outro music. I just tried to revive something we just had a great laugh about. Is it on 71 or 69? <laughs> this isn't a serious wait, shit. Wait, what are we doing? Okay. Which is funnier? <laughs> we, had, we need a definitive answer right now. Which is funnier? 71 or 60? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all get the 71, you know. Okay, this is not off. serious. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't even know what I'm going to do with all that. I'm going to chop it and put it at the end. I don't know. <laughs>